you want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme, well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes, and please be drunk when you hear it. I kept Kleenex in business in the late 90s. Mike Austin might have fucked to knock his wife. But just say no to this pay-per-view. Wait, were you making a death joke? Told you we should have gone to the donkey show. Stop choking yourself. It's either death or defecation. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks? Welcome to this week's episode of 205 Jive. I'm Adam, designated to be your host for this party of a podcast that we've got set up for you and joining us in this party are the drunk wrestling historians step off i'm doing the hump this is eddie and this is scott educating the masses one drink at a time all right hope uh, all of you are ready for this one got uh, drinks in hands i know that the historians do uh, i got some myself got a variety let's just jump into this welcome to this party of an episode all about Marty the Party. Yep, tonight we are talking about the great Marty Janetti, who if there ever was a guy who should be part of this podcast, it's got to be him, right? Oh, no doubt about it. You know, his his moniker should have been Marty the Party Janetti. <laughs> that <laughs> should have been his ring name. I mean, nope. the dude lives That would the be in context with the Rockers. What? It works. 100%. Oh, yeah. I mean, his life looked exactly like those fucking clothes he wore to the ring. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very colorful. You know Very what I mean? Very colorful. He, yeah, he was, he was uh, like the real life version of zebra stripe uh, leg warmers. Exactly. If exactly. leg warmers were a person. Oh, my God. <laughs> if yeah. house arrest was a color, it would be zebra. <laughs> and neon. So I just want to go into a very quick thing before or as, to get into this. I don't know. Scott, do you know who Steve Sturgeon was? Steve Sturgeon? No. Yeah. Okay. You don't. I wasn't sure if he was anyone. Um, so here in the Bay Area, in the East Bay in particular, we have all pro wrestling. Um, Scott and I used to go to it back in the day. And they used to have a cable access show. The host was a guy called Steve Sturgeon. That's why I was wondering if Scott knew who he was or if anyone knew who the fuck he was. I guess he was just some clown that they fucking hired. Who he's probably the only guy that Roland Alexander knew who owned a suit. I guess. <laughs> um, but I remember one time talking to him, and he, he this this would have been like ninety seven, ninety eight, and he told me then that Marty Jannetty had the record for being fired the most times by WWE. And I didn't know that because back then you didn't really know what was going on in the in the back, like unless you bought Meltzer's fucking you know shit magazine. He didn't really know what was happening. So I never heard of this. And he told me like a few stories about Marty Jannetty getting fired. So like this guy, and then it turns out, I mean, he had the inside scoop, but he probably was reading the observer and Meltzer used to show up to those shows too. So he probably knew Meltzer. Um, but what a fucking maniac this guy was. I was going to say, has anybody left and come back more times than Marty Jannetty? I can't think of anyone. No, and that's what I'm saying. He had the record in 97 for being fired the most times and brought uh, back. Yeah, and oh, it, for sure. Dude, and I think he doubled it after that. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, there's been a lot of names that have come and gone a couple of times since 97. But dude, Marty holds the record and then some. It's like Ricky Henderson's stolen brace record. It's never going to be broken. (laughs) Yeah, it's like Gretzky's goals. Exactly. It's untouchable. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So just to get uh, a little bit of background on him, he started in Central States Wrestling. So he was wrestling around Missouri. He's from Georgia, I believe. Um, He started like early, early 80s, like 83 or something. Um, I think he teamed up with Sean in Central States, and then they went to the AWA. And, of course, right away they were a big deal because, well, kind of all the old tapes, and not just Doug Summers and Buddy Rose, but all the tapes I've seen of AWA, for the most part, it was a bunch of old dudes at that point, right? Yes, because that's the way Vern Gagne ran it. He didn't yeah. make Hogan his champion. He had Nick Bockwinkle as his champion. Pasty white dude. Nothing against Bockwinkle, but you look at Hogan and you're like, wow, you really fucked that one up. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Bockwinkle's time was was over. Oh, dude. And, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but imagine if Bockwinkle was 10 years younger and uh, got hired by Vince. He could have been mm-hmm. a fucking big deal. Um, but anyway, this episode is not about Bockwinkle. This is about Marty fucking Gennetti. Um, <laughs> so, Way more interesting. Yeah, so I believe, if I remember right, it was Patterson who had seen them and brought them in. They get hired. Right fucking away, they get fired. Because they went yep. to a <laughs> they went to a bar after a show, and I think it was Jimmy Jack Funk. Yeah, right. Jimmy Jack Funk was being a wise guy and talking shit and t- trying to be like, oh, I heard, like, oh, I heard you guys like to party, and they're like, no, 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 no. This this is their story. They probably were lunatics, you know. Um, it was yeah, Sean, it's Sean's story, and you know Sean now. Yeah, um, and I think it was Sean broke a bottle over his head. Yep, and then it was like. Uh, you know, the story got blown out of proportion. And by the time it got back to Vince, it was like they tore up a bar. And right. They got, and they got fired, which is kind of surprising because, like, I thought I sort of thought like at that point, like this would have been like 88 or so. Yeah. Um, That was kind of what you did you, is you tore up bars. Yeah. That was almost like initiation. Right. Like you're the new yeah. guys in. You better tear up the bar with the with the vets. That's going to get you in. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. But instead, it got them fired. And you know what's funny about that, too, is I remember reading... I used to be big into the the wrestling publications back in the day, from Wrestling Eye to Pro Wrestling Illustrated to mm-hmm. The Wrestler. I read all those. And I was a big Midnight Rockers fan. I remember reading that the Midnight Rockers had gotten hired by the WWF. And I was like, oh, this is fucking incredible. Like, I can't wait to see them on this roster. And then I think they showed up on one Saturday morning, and I was juiced. I was like, yes, finally, these guys are going to be champions in no time. Then they never showed up again. Like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> Next thing I know, they showed up on AWA. And I'm like, wait a second. Why are they back in the AWA? It's a huge step backwards. Again, like you said earlier, we weren't privy to the internet back then or the dirt sheets. We had no idea what happened. All we knew is they had stepped up to the big leagues and immediately gotten sent back down to the minors. <laughs> and we're like, what the fuck happened? They fucked it up immediately. <laughs> Immediately, yeah. Well, luckily, you know, WWF gave him some time to chill out, brought him back, and that was a good thing. Yeah, and I think that was a, I think that was Patterson again got him their jobs back. Right, right. Yeah. So then they went on. They, then they kind of had like a pretty good run. You know, they were they were a big deal. They never became tag champs. There was an infamous match with the broken rope. Blah 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 right. blah blah. Should have um, been. Yeah, but they were. I mean, t- they were my favorite tag team. They were my favorite tag team probably from the first time I saw them, and they're to my favorite tag team to this day. Like thirty, oh, dude, they years. were so good. They were so, so good, great, and nobody was doing the shit they did. Even like the teams that would be like high hard flyer. hitting, well in sync as well. Yeah, very fluid. 
yeah, they were just really creative. The stuff they did, the te- the double team moves that I'd never seen before. Like even the right. Bulldogs didn't do shit like they did. Right. They were just they were great. They were awesome. And um, I <laughs> I kind of assume a lot of that was Sean because we went on, you know we saw what Sean went on to do and how brilliant he was in the ring. But maybe not. You know that might just be me. And I know I know Marty'd been around a bit longer than Sean, so maybe a lot of yes. that was maybe a lot of that was him. I don't know. I just kind of assume Sean. <laughs> You know, I think both guys were equally talented in that tag team. I didn't really see I think there one were two. above the other. Um, really, until towards the end of the Rockers' run, when Sean started to have a few singles matches. Mm-hmm. And that one specifically against Flair, where you're like, okay, right. this dude has something. Like, he really showed it in that match. You could tell he was going to be a big deal. But right. Marty wasn't given the same shake, in my opinion. They never really groomed him to be a singles guy, but it really seemed like they were starting to send Michaels in that direction. Exactly. And so another thing that happened in his career that maybe this is why he didn't get get a, a shot like that early on is he broke the dude's neck with the rocker dropper. Well, that wasn't his fault, though. No, it wasn't his fault. It was that guy's fault. And that guy was a jobber and the guy had had like four matches or something. And um, the video of it is on YouTube. He did like the... Um, Remember how AJ broke a couple of guys' necks? It was the exact same situation where he dropped them on their face. Yeah, and... almost killed Ellsworth, dude. AJ saved his life. A- yeah, totally, yeah. Um, but he, they did the thing where they tucked their chin the way you do when you take a back bump, but they were taking right. a front bump. And it was just inexperienced guys is all it yep. was. Yeah, broke um, his neck and made $28 million from it. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. So right away there was a lawsuit. So I wonder if, not that there was enough heat. There was obviously not enough heat to fire him, but... <clears throat> That didn't help his fucking career. Right, exactly. Even Mr. Perfect <laughs> made a joke about it. Remember, somebody else did that move on a Saturday morning, and Mr. Perfect's like, oh, that'll break your neck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Damn, that's, right. that's yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah. Fucking wise yeah. ass. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, So not long after that, Marty was just like fed up with the company, and he, he went to Vince and said, we want to quit. Yep. Vince said, all right, fine, then go. And then Sean had to go back and straighten it out. Well, apparently Marty got them contracts with WCW. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And then I don't I don't even know how you do that legally. I feel like that's like, you know, you always hear like you can't negotiate with the other company till your contract's up. But you if know, Vince like, gave him permission to go hunt a deal, you know, that well, Marty true. would sign it and then they get released on the WWF side, that makes sense. But that's true. Given what we know about Marty now, did he really have WCW contracts in <laughs> hand or was he just fucking around like, "Oh yeah, dude, Rob- no problem. We'll be in." No, you probably not. Yeah, you probably <laughs> You're probably right. He was probably like, "Oh yeah, I got a guy." You yeah, know. <laughs> I know a dude that knows a guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Vince let him go. Then Sean had to go fucking straighten it out. Yep. So at this point, Sean's kind of getting fed up with him. Right. And then... they had been together for a long time by this point, too. Oh, this they had be been like... going since like 86. Yeah, like four or five years. Yeah. No, dude, more so... like almost what? Seven? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. This would have been like 91, right? 92 92 91 no it would have been 91 because um i think it was december 91 because sean's first big thing was the rumble 92 wasn't it oh right yes so they had the match at wrestlemania 7 that was 91 and that was their last wrestlemania as the rockers yeah so then sometime kind of later in the year (laughs) i guess they're at a hotel they're hanging out with piper piper's hammered because that's, that's what Piper they did. Does this, yeah, Piper. Yeah, exactly. That's what Piper does. He starts getting Marty wound up, um, telling him Sean's going to be the fucking biggest star in the company. <laughs> Marty gets pissed. He gets in a fight with Sean. The fucking cops come. 
at the hotel. And then Macho Man has to come over. <laughs> Macho Man has to show up and settle the cops down so nobody goes to jail. <laughs> yeah. Appar- apparently he signs some autographs and the cops, you know, like let it slide. Yeah, picture that Macho Man coming Damn. in to calm things down. Huh. Right, yeah, right. When Macho has to calm things down, shit's fucked up. <laughs> it's very like when, fucked up, dude. When Macho Man's the rational one, yeah. things, have, things have gotten out of hand. <laughs> yeah, so like I so I think Sean wanted to be uh gone from the team. I think that was I think Sean had, had enough with his ass at that point. So that was when they split him up. Very and, much so. And that was awesome because that has to still be anyone who's old enough to have seen it, the most infamous tag team split up of all time, right? No doubt about it. It was no the fucking doubt about greatest. It. Yes. It was it's so well done. About. Yeah, it was perfect. It was the first time I ever saw some shit that I didn't like the way it was filmed, even as a 11-year-old or 12-year-old, however old I was, where he tossed um, Marty through the window and there was a camera behind the window trained on it. Yeah. And I was like, huh, that's weird. But I was I was a kid, so I didn't really get it, but it was still kind of suspicious. Yeah. Um, so I hated that part looking back on it, but oh, what a fucking great way to split up a team. That was awesome. Dude, you say barbershop window to any wrestling fan. That's immediately what jumps into their mind. So well, remember, uh, iconic moment. Yeah. Remember there was the barbershop window website with the t-shirts. Yeah. And that became pro wrestling tees. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so now he goes into a feud with Sean after the rumble. Um, or he's supposed to go into a feud with Sean. Supposed to. After, well, he does the thing where he he did the thing where he jumped him, right? Uh, well, that was, was actually scary. later. So Sean dumped later him through after, the barbershop window. Yeah. And the whole thing to be around that was that Marty was supposed to go in the Royal Rumble match for the vacant heavyweight title, and That's Sean right. cost him that opportunity. That was going to lead to a match at WrestleMania eight between the two, but Marty's dumbass got placed on house arrest. And it ended got, up being a whole six-month ordeal, so you got Shawn Michaels versus Tito Santana instead. Right. Marty got into a fight with a, co- with a cop, I think, or a security at a club. Yep. The cops came. He had coke on him, and that was that. He got he got put on house arrest, and I think he got... Did he get fired or did he get suspended? Got he released. Got fired, right? He got released. Okay. Yep. Marty so the fucking party with cocaine so, on him caused him a so huge to that WrestleMania statistic. match. There you go. Yeah. So that's two releases... Plus, like a half-ass halfway release when he decided to quit, and Vince told him go ahead. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> so he was, yeah. So he was gone till October. Then he comes back. He attacks Sean. Yep. Um, they have the match at the Rumble. <laughs> Sean tells Vince that Marty was drunk during the match. That was pretty <laughs> fucked up, dude. And he's fired again. But was it? Was Marty fucked up? Because Marty's story is that Sean was fucked up. Right. And he and he and Sean told Vince that to cover it up. And you know what? Mr. Perfect actually vouched for him. That's how Marty ended up coming back a few months later. Right, right. So, yeah, so. if Mr. Perfect came to bat for him, uh, I would kind of lean that direction. Maybe Sean should, was kind of covering his ass. Should we do it? That does sound like something Sean would do. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, Sean back then. Not Sean Michaels now, but dude. Right. Like, fuck. Yeah. He was covering his ass, I think. Play those cards, yeah. Hey, yeah. should we do a, Should we do a watch-along of that match and, and, and uh, try and... Uh, Trying to discern who was the drunkard in the match. <laughs> That's a good idea for a watch. <laughs> That's a along. good that, right. That's a good game. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, um, we'll do Jeff Hardy and Sting. <laughs> well, we know who that, was fucked up in that one. That. <laughs> we'll do it. Hey, we'll do a watch along of Jeff Hardy's entrance. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what? Take a shot every time he takes a step. <laughs> oh my gosh, we'd be dead. <laughs> yeah, it'd be about forty shots, but it'd take about an hour and a half. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so like you said, Perfect got his job back. Then he ends up beating Sean for the IC title. Then he lost it to him at a house show a few weeks later, which is kind of weird. Yep. Um, then he ends up going to a tag team with X-Pac. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, him and 1-2-3-Kid. Yeah, they win the tag team. Yeah, when, when he was 1-2-3-Kid. They win the titles from um, the Quebecers. Then they drop him a week later. Yep, at a so house show. Marty's, yeah, so Marty with the bad title reigns. Yeah, and that was actually, he stuck around for a little bit. He was there until around WrestleMania 10, and that's when that court case got resolved for that jobber you were talking about. And at the same time, so this is like um, right before WrestleMania 10, it's February 94, he ends up beating up a fucking hotel worker. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> cause, Jesus. Because it was because he was trying to make a phone call, because this is like pre-cell phones. He was trying to make a phone call to his dad, who apparently was sick. And there was something wrong with the way the guy dialed the phone or something. And he had to, he was like Russell Crowe. Like he hit him with the phone or some shit. Oh yeah. That's a reasonable reaction. Very good. <laughs> yeah. So Norma people but, do that. Right. So between beating up a guy in a hotel and the $26 million settlement, he gets fired for the third time. Yep. And literally right? vanished without explanation, which is fucking gone. Right. It's just gone. Well, that's how it was back then though. Like yep. everybody would just disappear. Yep, like just remember, disappear. you never heard of someone being going, going out for injury. They were just gone. Yep. You know, or someone would just disappear and then they like two months later they'd be in WCW. That's just how it was um, back in the day. Exactly. And then he went to ECW for a minute. Yep. Then he came. So that was February 94. He was gone for a while. He showed up back in WWE in September 95. Yep. And then the following year, he ends up starting the new Rockers with one Leaf Cassidy. Yep. Which was one of the worst tag teams of all time. Agreed. So, yep. so now let's let's take a second to uh, compare the careers here between the two. In the same year that he is in one of the worst tag teams of all time, the New Rockers, Sean is main eventing WrestleMania. <laughs> you think that eats at his ass a little bit? <laughs> What's that? You think that eats at his ass a little bit? Like it's that's got gotta to chap him, right? It's got Quite. to, yeah, yeah. I mean, Quite. he is, yeah. He is at the absolute bottom of the card because they weren't even like upper mid card or they weren't even like upper level tag team guys. Right. They were like the joke tag team. Yeah. And Sean's met uh, Sean's main eventing Russell. Sean's get those gets the last third of WrestleMania to himself. Yeah. They were literally bookending shows like Marty had jerked the curtain. Sean had close it. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he ends up quitting later that year. Goes to WCW as a jobber. Yeah. Get, gets hurt and they fire him while he's hurt. Which that was terrible. a real WCW thing to do, though. They were really in character on that one. Right. They did that with, with uh, Stone Cold right around the same time. X-Pac 2. Still yeah. with the neon and whatnot. It's, yeah. yeah. It's like. Right. He couldn't let like, it go. He could still. Like, if he's able to wrestle. Like, I start. After you introduced me to uh, the new Rockers after the Rushmore episode. Okay, I did compare some. For some reason, he just started moving around like a loose leaf made of rubber, but smiling asshole with uh, with Al Snow. And totally. It, it was just it was just bizarre. And then uh, when I noticed, yeah, he did go to WCW. It like same neon same neon stuff. So like just on a visual wise, it's like. Don't you have confidence in your in yourself to just be Marty and just freaking wrestle and not be bent on this gimmick for 10, 15 years of your career? I, I don't think it was lack of confidence. I think it was lack of money to buy new gear, to be honest. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. 
That yeah. explains it. I mean, look, he did have a, a, a habit that he spent a lot of his money on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know what I mean? No, that's a very good point. So, yeah. you, you got it. The gear budget was very small. Yeah, priority, son. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it was kind of weird, though. Like, he was dressed like Def Leppard was the biggest band in the world. And, you know, it was like... And it was run- impossible for music trends to change. I mean, grunge was <laughs> grunge was over with at this point. You know what I mean? Like grunge had come and gone, and he was dressed like a, like a glam guy still. Yeah, hair metal <laughs> was like almost ten years dead, and here's Marty coming out like hair metal. <laughs> yeah, he's dressed like Kip fucking Winger. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, 2005, he comes back to to do the uh, to set up the angle with HBK and Kurt Angle. Yep. And um, that was actually really cool because he came back and you're like, damn, dude, Marty, he his, he had a haircut and he, he did change his gear finally at that point. I think it, I think he might have been in shorts. Yeah. Um, and he was in great shape. And you're like, dude, Marty Jannetty has not missed a step. Like he's like working at the same level that Sean is. Yeah. You were actually surprised he wasn't signed by a promotion because he had a great match with Angle. Yeah. Um, and then he was there for a little while. I, well, I think they did sign him. But they didn't use him a lot, and then he ended up getting arrested that summer, and then they fired him. Uh, yeah, exactly. Returned in March of 05, got arrested, mm-hmm. released in July of 05. So that was a nice three- or four-month run. Right, yeah. Then February the next year, he comes back to help HBK with the Spirit Squad. In March, WWE said on their website that they had severed all professional ties with him. And I... <laughs> what all- happened? All the Googling I've done, I haven't found what happened. I don't Dude, know what happened. That was two weeks. He came back on February 20th mm-hmm. and was gone March 3rd. He March was 3rd. there for like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> Holy God. Did he sleep with Stephanie? Like, what did he do? <laughs> I was Jesus. just going to say that. I was just going to say that because he does seem to be into banging daughters, which we'll get to later. Right. Yes, he does. Yeah. Um. So then September 25th. Of that or September fifteenth of that year, he came back, but then Meltzer reported that he wasn't. But the company didn't say anything until like later that, like I think in December, Jim Ross said that he's not back because he is legally not allowed to leave Florida. Yeah, a court order said he couldn't travel. Yeah, which of all the states to be confined to legally, he picked Florida. <laughs> My goodness, this guy and his track record—it's like Ahmed with his injuries. Yeah. <laughs> but like 10 so, times worse. Yeah. So how many firings are we up to now? I, I lost. Do I, I lost count. count. Yeah. Um, I ran out of fingers. I think you got to at least five, but I, but there's probably a few more in there. Yeah. So he came back in 2007, had a match with Kennedy. 2009, had a match with Miz. And that's basically the end of his WWE career. Yep. After that, the only other WWE-related thing he's done since, as far as I can see, is he got in on that class action lawsuit. Right, <laughs> yeah. About the concussions. That was a crowning um, moment. But, so you think all that is crazy. Marty's done nothing but get crazier since he's been gone from WWE. <laughs> right? <laughs> so a couple years ago, he puts that thing on Facebook where it was, he found out that he did a DNA test and found out that his daughter is not his daughter? Right? Is that? Am I getting that right? Uh, something like that. So that yeah. made it okay to bang her. Right. So he's like, I found out that she's not. I raised her as my daughter, but I found out that she's not my actual biological daughter, and I would really like to have sex with her. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's a great question to pose to the audience. Dear right. God. He went. To, yeah, he went to Facebook for advice on banging his daughter. Um. 
Suddenly, so I don't feel I, so bad is, about asking the listeners for, for show suggestions. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, we should go to... We, yeah, that's the kind of suggestions we should be asking from from our audience. Like, who should I bang? <laughs> Give me a hit list. Yeah. Not that any of us have the options that Marty does. Oh, well, of course. Um, but, our middle but, names uh, aren't the party. <laughs> yeah, so that was when I was kind of like, whoa, like, he's crazier than I thought he was. Um, then not long after that, he went on Facebook and said that he was offered 150,000 to do three porn movies. And he was like, what do you, same thing. He was like, what do you guys think? Should I do porn movies? I'm like, what's with this fucking guy? Like, man, I bet Sonny was pissed. I bet she didn't get 150 for her film. No, she did. She got $150. <laughs> really? That sounds a little steep to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, well, they didn't pay. They, no. Yeah. Well, they also, I, they didn't pay her in cash either. I paid, I heard that they paid her with like, um. What they paid her with came in tiny little bags. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, my. It wasn't laundry detergent. Right. So then the most recent crazy-ass Marty Jannetty thing was he claimed to <laughs> have killed a dude at the bowling alley um, back in, this was like in the 70s, right? When he was like 14 or something. Like Which is already 70s. crazy, right? Okay, he murdered a guy at a bowling alley. That's already crazy. Right. <laughs> Of all places to do it, to a bowling alley. Yeah, murder somebody at the bowling alley. What kind of fucking redneck shit is that? Right, and then he tossed him in the river. Like, so the story was that he was buying weed from the dude who, and I won't use the word that he described him with. Right. Um, <laughs> and the guy took him out back, and instead of selling him weed, he tried to fuck him. And Marty <laughs> hit him over the head with a brick, and then he tossed him in the river, which apparently the bowling alley was on the bank of the river, I guess. <laughs> But then it was like, but then it was like, there had been no missing person reports in that county at that time. And the cops were like, we don't know. But then the cops started investigating it. And then it turned into bullshit. And then Marty was like, oh yeah, that was totally a wrestling angle for an indie show. It's going to do. It was like, first of all, this is over the summer of 2020. Who's running shows? It must've been Heyman. Yeah. Yeah. Then it was like, huh? Well, he killed the dude who tried to fuck him. <laughs> As a wrestling angle, was he going to be the heel or the baby face? <laughs> like, I guess it depends on what part of the country that indie show was in. I think we can guess based on all information given. <laughs> yeah. And so now I don't know if you know this, but just recently, like in the last month or so, he claims that he was jumped at Kennedy Airport. Oh, I didn't hear about this. Yeah. And he said they beat his ass and no. he said it was a case of mistaken identity and he went to the to the hospital. Is there a record of this? I don't know. Of course not. But he's saying this. <laughs> oh, gosh, dude. So, well, and then he backpedaled on that whole story about dumping the dude in the river. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what, that's what I said. He said it was a wrestling angle. Well, right. And then he backpedaled and said, no, I really murdered him. Oh, I missed that. Shit. Yeah, like just recently over the last month or so. And oh again, we're, we're recording this in like mid-October. But yeah, right, just like right. a month ago, he came out and said, oh, yeah, I really did kill that dude. Oh and I guess God. now the cops want to talk to him again. <laughs> all right I, I totally missed that oh yeah there was a whole um, update dude it's crazy and i don't know if if they're able to talk to him or not i don't know um so <laughs> so uh, they, they should just get on his facebook <laughs> right yeah there's a lot going on there so in his facebook post when he said he got jumped he said this and i i, I wrote this down in quotes this is exactly what he said he said p.s why Brianna Taylor got all the attention on mistaken identity? I got none. 
is it because I'm white? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> wow. So that's what goes on on Marty Gennetti's Facebook. Holy and see, hell. this is why you shouldn't be inebriated and have access to social media. Just right. saying. And he, yeah, and he says some weird shit in all his posts, too, because he always refers to like his fans as his ninjas. And like, let's not pretend we don't know what that's a kind of a, you know, a euphemism for. You know right. what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Marty Gennetti's a fucking character. So <sighs> he earned his uh, nickname, the party. Marty the party. So um, just one little, a couple little credentials of his um for interesting matches that i forgot he had um until we started doing research for this um he wrestled flair for the nwa title when he was in central states oh i didn't know that he wrestled tiger mask in japan and he had a three falls match with doink oh yeah he oh. also was the 1993 p he also had the 93 pwi match of the year with sean and he was number 13 on the top 500 uh the same year He's had 20 championships. He's had seven firings, multiple arrests, one paralyzed jobber, and zero porns. <laughs> and Celebrity Net Worth says that he is worth $1 million, which cannot be fucking true. Bullshit. No fucking no way. No fucking way. No way. <laughs> no fucking Well, yeah. that's TBD on the whole porn thing. He could still decide to take that three-picture deal for 150 That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's still up in the air. Yeah. Um. One qu- really quick before we wrap this up, and we've gone long on this two hundred five, but one question is: looking through the timelines of things, he got crazier after he broke the jobber's neck. Do you think that had anything to do with it? Like, do you think he had guilt over it and became more of a drinker or a you know drug guy? Uh, maybe. Good. Maybe, but he was already kind of having issues up to that point. Right. He was a wild man before that. Yeah, he was already heading down that road. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that made things a little bit worse. Maybe that accelerated yeah. it. But yeah. Kind of like, yeah, kind of like Scott Hall. Like Scott Hall killed a guy when he was a bouncer. So I always kind of wondered if like part of his issues were because of that. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. yeah so I sure. wonder if Marty. Yeah. I mean, I imagine like breaking a guy's neck would affect you, especially a young guy like that at the beginning of his career. So, um, you know, we've laughed about him a lot, but, you know, like maybe there is a bit of a tragic side to this whole story. Oh, but, for um, sure. He needs help, dude. He absolutely yeah. like. WWE should be reaching out to him. Like, I don't know if he's been in their rehab program before or their sponsored rehab program, but he is definitely a guy that should be reached out to. You can just tell from his Facebook posts. He's just not all there. Yeah. He's out of it. Oh, Um, totally. Hall of Famer or no. Oh man. You mentioned 20 championships. They had a great run as the rockers. They had an amazing run as the midnight rockers. He is an IC champion, but oh man, given his history, knowing well, that content, but, to, but that but, con- but toss out his conduct outside of it can affect. No, 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 no. Toss his history Roman. because there are guys with histories like Jake and Warrior and shit, and you know Scott I mean? Hall, yeah, and Hawk. Hawk. You know, so throw that out and just okay. say his his wrestling career. Okay, just based on his wrestling career. I, yeah, I would say so. I would yeah. say he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, again, I we had that conversation during the Carlito episode about where's the bar at. I think Marty is definitely deserving of being in the Hall of Fame. I agree, and I would say if you dis if you um if you want to see some rocker shit, go back and watch some Saturday Night's main events from the late '80s when they were working with the Brainbusters. Because oh my gosh, because and those guys were the main event of the shows. They were yeah. main eventing house shows a lot of times. They were a huge deal, and they might have been the team where, like, um, 
Jake never had the title because he didn't need it. The Rockers, I think, never had the title because they didn't need it. You know, they yeah, were just and as over as any tag. They were the most over tag team of, uh, of their era. I I'm not going to argue that at all. And they basically extended that that greatness that the Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation showed that they could go at the top of the card and still sell tickets. The Rockers were the same way. They could headline a card with the Brainbusters mm-hmm. and sell a shit ton of tickets while Hogan did another town. That was and no they, problem. And they really revolutionized tag team wrestling. Nobody had done the, ta- the the double team moves they'd done before. Nobody was ever that quick. Yeah. And that was something that came along later, you know, with the new Rockers or, you know, some of the, na- like uh, Edge and Christian or even the Hardys. You know, I'm sure all those guys loved the Rockers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They inspired a n- the next generation of tag team wrestlers for sure. You're totally right. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we're way over we're about 10 minutes over on this so we're gonna wrap this up um before we get into the outro i want to point out um (laughs) i always try to find songs that are appropriate for the episodes we're gonna do i was gonna play um uh, i can't think of the name of the song um i think it's called marty Marty genetti hella times yeah yeah Yeah. um but i've already used that once yeah hit you with the drop kick marty Marty genetti Um, but I've already used that on an episode. So we are going to lift a song from Jim Cornette's podcast because there was a guy right after the uh, the the killing the dude for weed or <laughs> kill, kill, killing the guy trying to buy weed. This motherfucker, this motherfucker wrote the most brilliant song I've ever heard. It's a short one, um, but I just I don't want to pretend like it's our song or we found this. I'm totally ripping this off from Jim Cornette's show, and you're going to hear him laugh over it. But it's a great fucking song. So whoever the guy is, actually, if any of you guys know who he is, um, please tweet me and let me know because it's so fucking good, this song. So I just want to put that up there so nobody thinks we're ripping anybody off or anything. So thank Adam, you, Yeah, thank you. Of course. Um, thank you, dude. So, thank you, random dude who wrote it, too. That That's our episode on Marty the Party on wrestling career. Very, very decorated great fluidity revolutionizing uh tag team uh wrestling but the phrase of you're the marty Janetti" derived from the barbershop sort of like bill buckner you just so many great stats but he's gonna be remembered for that one downfall <laughs> i only know that because of the pete like rose on joke. the stage yeah <laughs> but uh, not that uh, I don't think uh, Bill Buckner had uh, the rest of the issues, but still, like just in uh, in the sports uh, world or in this uh, sports entertainment world, that was the notable event that you associate him with. But still, uh, that that uh, caps the Marty the Party episode. Hope you all enjoyed that. Were there any uh, details that we missed out of this that? Uh, sound uh, great in his favor uh please let us know uh on social media again our handle is wrestling underscore drunk wherever you're getting these uh podcasts whatever platform whether it's on itunes uh iHeartRadio, spotify uh youtube just uh leave some comments uh leave some reviews on there because they actually do uh help us out it uh helps us uh, with the recognition and we definitely want to make sure that it appeals more to you and to everybody else that listens uh so uh please uh, get the word out on that we would really really appreciate it uh in that case along with the drunk wrestling historians eddie and scott i'm adam just reminding you to enjoy your buzz Watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching, and still, in the meantime, please wash your hands, wear masks, and social distance uh, so that we could have 
more wrestling gatherings and events together in uh, in due time. That's our episode. One, two, three. Marty the Dive. Party. Party Hardy. Bobby Gentry's biggest hit is now a movie. Marty J was headed out the door. He was feeling fine. He was headed down to the bowling alley to score a dime. Now, after the whispers and rumors, the Chattahoochee River gives up its secrets. Starring Glennis O'Connor, James Best as the guy who works at the bowling alley, and Robbie Benson as Marty J. <laughs> then Marty J hit the man with the brick stood there and watched him bleed. The day that Marty Janetti killed a pedophile and sold him weed. <laughs> 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 <laughs>